I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844-COSENTIX. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, we have a great episode for you today. We recap what's happened in the first week, six weeks of the season. It's kind of the mid-season point, even though it's not. There's still plenty of football left, but the bye week kind of gives you a time to reflect on the season that's been so far. Aaron Rodgers is gone, but this team has recovered somehow. How did they get here? What could happen the rest of the way? We talked about all of it with a special guest and a whole lot more coming up next on Invite Snack. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code believe b l e a v so go do it now bet online where the game starts back to throw is hurt looks left throws left it's intercepted picked off running right tony adams is inside the 25 breaks a tackle down to the 10 yard line it's a toss for Powell. he's got the angle he's got blockers Powell working the sidelines Powell goes all the way touchdown jets Well protected, looks left, heaves a bomb down the middle of the field, it is broken up by Jordan Whitehead! The Jets are going to win it! Yo, it's Quinn Williams here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Rami Lavi. At this point, usually I would introduce Bilal Powell. Bilal is out today. Just a maintenance day for Bilal. He'll be back next week. Um, but we have an incredible show for you today as we had Joe Caparoso join us from Badlands and a whole bunch of other places. He's one of the great Jets media people on Jets Twitter, Jets YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. The Jets media out there is second to none as far as sports coverage. 
So we won't be doing our usual Q&A that we would do today with Bilal. He's not going to be here, but we are going to have a conversation. I want to start here because this is something really interesting for me. Um, and maybe I'm selfish. And I talked about this with Joe, but I I can't. I, I, I love this team. We're at the bye week. We've made it. We're three and three. We thought the season was dead. And then I look at the schedule and I look at how these games played out. And I'm like, yeah, we would 1000% be five and one if Aaron Rodgers was here. The way that Kansas City game went, we could have won that game easily. The way the New England game went, all we had to do was put up a touchdown or two, or two touchdowns, right? One more touchdown than we did. And you win that game. Chance after chance after chance. And it just sucks. Maybe you even start to get some of these calls that you're seeing guys like Patrick Mahomes get. Guys like other great quarterbacks in the league get that we're not getting because we don't have that superstar quarterback. And it just sucks. It's hard to look at this and be really just thrilled that, hey, we have this team that's really good. And I don't know, maybe I'm too negative. And maybe I need Bilal here to sit here and be like, hey, no, you're, 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 you're being too negative. This is a positive thing. But it's just so frustrating that you're watching this game and you know that there was a chance this team was going to be special. And this team is special, but you can't waste seasons in the NFL. And it feels like a wasted year because... As much fun as it has been to watch Zach Wilson develop ever so slightly, it's still a disappointment. It's still not what we wanted this season to be because Aaron Rodgers is here. And now it hurts more. The Aaron Rodgers injury hurts me even more seeing how special this team is. Garrett Wilson is special. Brees Hall is all the way back. Alan Lazard has been good for this team. The offensive line, look at what Makai Becton has turned into on the left side. He's a pillar on the left side, pointing at guys, laughing at them. That's hilarious. That stuff is awesome. And you just feel like if Aaron Rodgers was standing back there taking snaps at quarterback, this team would be a Super Bowl caliber team because the way this defense, you put Aaron Rodgers in the red zone five times a game, he's not going to take four field goals. He's going to score every time or at least three of the four times. Like That's the difference between having an Aaron Rodgers-led team and a Zach Wilson-led team. And Zach's been fine. And this is not a knock on Zach Wilson, but we knew in this offseason that coming into this year, this team was a team that was ready to win a Super Bowl. And that's why they went out and got Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? They were right. They were right. This team was ready to get to go win the Super Bowl. And that's why you do get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And it's unfortunate that it's played out the way it has. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm too negative. Maybe I should be looking at this and saying, we're three and three. We have a chance. Hey, Rodgers can come back later in this year. And we talked to Joe about that as well. I don't know. I have some questions for Bilal about the bye week, and we'll get into that in a little bit because there are some bye week stuff that I don't know about. There are some stuff that like, I just want to hear, and I know there are fan questions about that too. What happens during bye week? We saw some guys are in the facility. Some guys are not. Aaron Rodgers kind of teased it. He talked about how uh, Woody Johnson was going to make them stay if they lost that game. He was going to make them stay at two and four, make guys work extra during the bye week, although Woody shouldn't be getting involved with these decisions. Like, I hate to hear that from Rodgers. I'm glad it's not happening in the end. But we did see Sauce Gardner. Maybe he's getting treatment. Maybe he's still recovering from the concussion. And that's why he's in the facility. So it, it is interesting. I wanted to ask Bilal some questions about that. And we'll definitely do that next week. Just to wrap up week six before we get to our guest. Um, a couple things. Number one, Salah explained the scoring quickly. And I loved his explanation. It was right after the game. Or I guess it was the next day. He explained why they scored quickly. And why they went into the end zone right away with Brees Hall. He said, look, we were going to try and score a touchdown no matter what. Because if we run the ball three times and we settle for a field goal at that point and we don't get in the end zone, at least we take some time off the clock. Uh, but that's the worst case scenario is what you have to look at. He said, you go through it really quickly. The worst case scenario 
is you're giving them the ball back. All they have to do is kick a field goal and they have plenty of time left, 50 seconds left to kick a field goal. It's pretty easy. Even if it's 50 seconds and no timeouts. But if you score the touchdown right away, a minute 20 doesn't really make a difference. A minute 22 timeouts. But at the same time, you have our defense who they trust. They trust their defense. The Jets trust their defense. They're going to win games on their defense. So he said, I want to go make them the le- go the length of the field and score a touchdown. And that's exactly what the Jets did. And when you think about it, it makes sense because this has been a bend but don't break defense. They've allowed teams to go down and score field goals. They just haven't allowed them to go down and score touchdowns. So you're not playing for overtime. You're playing for the win by scoring the touchdown, even if it's right away. He said, we weren't necessarily going to try and score right away, but we weren't going to sit down. We were going to take the touchdown if they gave it to us because we trust this defense to not give up a touchdown. Whereas if they all they have to do is kick a field goal, they get 30 yards and go kick a try and kick a 60-yard field goal. Um, and that's a big difference. So I do try Robert Sala, just hearing how thought out it was and how it wasn't a bad decision. It was a thought-out choice. Just that alone gives me a lot more confidence in this team that it's not like, oh, he made a mistake. It was clock mismanagement, whatever you want to call it. No, this is actually very thought out. It was what we wanted. And Robert Sala did exactly what he needed to do. Um in that situation. So I I appreciate hearing that from the head coach. The other thing on the other side is Jalen hurts. You talk about clock mismanagement. How the hell does Jalen hurts throw that ball? He has to know he can never make that throw no matter what. There's no reason for him to throw that ball. There's no benefit to him throwing that. Like it's third and nine. There's two minutes left, right? It was coming out of the two minute warning. The jets have two timeouts. If you don't throw that ball, If you just, even if you take a sack, right? Take a sack or throw it out of bounds. The only thing you couldn't do was throw that interception. Because if you, if you run the ball, you don't pick up the first down, you dwindle the clock all the way down to a minute 40. I guess actually the Jets had no timeouts left. They used them before the two minute warning. So it's a minute and 40 seconds, a minute and 20 seconds, sorry, with no timeouts. And you're punting the ball back to Zach Wilson. He has to go the length of the field just to kick a field goal to try and win the game. So he has to go at least 40, 50 yards. You're going to make Zach Wilson go 50 yards down the field to win the game. Yeah, I like your odds with 50 yards, no timeouts, and a, a minute and 20 seconds. I like your odds if you're Philadelphia. Same thing going the other way. We saw how, by the way, we saw how Zach Wilson can't manage a clock right at the end of halves. Like, how is he going to be able to do the spike, run up, spike the ball, get everyone organized? It wasn't going to work. The Jets weren't going to score there. If he takes a sack there, it's the same thing. So it's 10 yards back. So maybe Zach only has to go 40 yards to kick a field goal. But still, you take the sack, the clock keeps running all the way down to a minute 20. And if you throw it away, let's say you throw it away and there's a minute and 55 seconds left, still almost two minutes left. Still, it's a minute and 55 seconds and you're making Zach Wilson go 50 yards in a minute and 55 seconds with no timeouts to win the game. I don't trust Zach Wilson to do that. I don't know why anyone would trust Zach Wilson to do that. The only thing that the Eagles could have done there that would have helped the Jets is put them in field goal range already. And that's exactly what they did. The Jets get the ball inside the 10-yard line with a minute and 50 seconds left. That is the worst possible decision. And not only that, he threw into double coverage. Just take the sack, throw it away. Do anything but give the ball with great field position back to the Jets. Make them work for it. And it was just a terrible decision that I'm still trying to figure out how a guy who's been in the league and went to a Super Bowl and has been as talented as Jalen Hurts has been the last couple of years made that terrible decision. I I can't understand. I'm going to ask Bilal about it again when we talk to him next week. And those are two things from that game that really stood out to me. Another thing from Salah's uh, post-game press conference, and then we'll kick it over to Joe, um, is he said we embarrassed three quarterbacks. A lot of people are making a lot of this. He said we played three of the top quarterbacks in the league and we embarrassed them. 
And people are like, oh, you're going to make quarterbacks mad at you. Now, I think this defense kind of thrives on that. I think this defense kind of lives off of, okay, be mad at us. Okay, challenge us. We don't care. We're going to come at you with whatever we got, and we're going to be great. And I don't mind Robert Sala saying that. I think he want, he's going to be a player's coach. He wants to have his team's back, and he knows that he can trust this defense. This team has his back. He's played this whole season trusting this defense. He's going to continue to trust his defense, and he's given his defense credit for being awesome because I think statistically they haven't been as great as they actually were because in epic games, they've been closing out games. They've been shutting out teams. They've been getting interceptions. They've been getting sacks, all the things that you want to see from a defense and they've been winning games for this Jets team. So this Jets defense deserves a ton of credit. And I appreciate Robert Sala, the head coach going out there and giving them the credit that they deserve. All right, that's going to do it for my part of the episode. We're going to kick it over to my conversation with Joe in just a minute, right after this. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Ask your doctor about Cosentix. One of the coolest parts about this show for me has been introducing Bilal to some of the Jets media. Getting to introduce him to Joe Beningo and expose him to that was kind of cool. And there's so many talented Jets social media, media people out there. And another one of those people joins me now, Joe Caparoso. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Uh, First time I think we've got to talk. So it's always good to... uh, get to do this with a new person and talk jets. And I will say for the record, and you can check my Twitter history. There was not a bigger Bilal Powell fan than me. <laughs> I actually used to have uh give the ball to Quincy and Powell shirts, like from years ago when I would just demand consistently that the jets give the ball to Quincy and Nuar Bilal Powell, unfortunately right after a got hurt, but it was a good run for a little bit. Yeah. And then Bilal had some injury issues as well. And Bilal and I have talked about that. So we'll definitely have to do this again with Bilal because what's so incredible is that everyone says that everyone who comes on, everyone who I talk to is like, Oh, we love Bilal. And Bilal was a fan favorite and something we've gotten to talk about. Um, so it's, it is really cool to have the opportunity to do the show with him. And of course we'll get you back on once we have Bilal, but regarding this season and maybe I'm spoiled, maybe I'm, I'm looking at this too negatively, but can you tell me this? Is it almost more upsetting that Rodgers is hurt now that you see how special this team is? It's like, wow, this team is so special. If Rodgers was here, maybe we could be actually contending for a Super Bowl. I try not to let my mind go there because you're absolutely right. If you look at the AFC this year and you look at how good the Jets defense is, a a unit that's still underappreciated, the the AFC is there for the taking this year. And the Chiefs are the favorite until they're knocked off, but... No one is running away with this conference. And the Jets have a very credible path to being a nine and eight wild card team this year with Zach Wilson, who's still, you know, fairly below average. If they had Rodgers, this is a team that's probably five and one right now, you know, maybe four and two. I think we all thought they'd be three and three at the bye, even with Rodgers. The defense is better than we than even I thought they'd be. So this would be a team that would be right there with Miami, I think, at five and one and competing to win the division, competing for a bye week. You got to lower some of that expectations now. And 
be happy that it looked like after the New England game, this was headed to a dark place, like a 4-13 and 13 tank season, which is what people were talking about. And now you win a couple games, you look at the schedule, you got a chance to end this playoff drought. And making the playoffs, even if it's not a deep run for the Jets, is probably more important than any franchise in any of the major four sports right now because of how long and kind of embarrassing this drought is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So we talk about the first half of the season going through the first half. Obviously, expectations were huge and then they change very early on. But based on what you've seen, how would you grade this Jets team at the bye week? If you're looking at offense, defense, let's start with the offense. I think offense, it's probably been about a C plus. I think you have to bear with them that they lost Aaron Rodgers. I think what's frustrating has been the play calling and the personnel usage has not been as good as it can be. I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who watches this team. There should be less Randall Cobb. There should be less CJ Ozama. There should be more Jeremy Ruckert. There should be more um, Xavier Gibson, maybe Jason Brownlee at running back. It's probably time to give Izzy a chance. You've given you know Gibson a chance as a rookie. No reason not to give uh, Izzy a chance out there uh, instead of Michael Carter or instead of Cook. Give him some more of that share. And the play calling has been... Meh, at best, I mean, you got to give Hackett a little bit of a break because he had to adapt from going from Rodgers to Wilson. The offense could move the ball. They just can't score touchdowns. And unfortunately, you, you need to score touchdowns to win. They're very lucky. They've won the last couple games while struggling so much in the red zone. Part of that is thanks to their defense. Uh, so probably like a C-plus overall. I think defensively, it's been an A-plus. And I, I just don't understand. Sometimes people get critical of this Jets defense, and I, I just don't understand how you can be critical of anything that they've done this year. They, I understand sometimes they start a little slow. They are literally the 85 Bears in the second half. You know, Not to tease on DJ Reed's initial comment, they are the 85 Bears in the second half of games. They completely shut teams down, and they get turnovers to close and win the games. You know, It's 12 turnovers through six games. They have a great pass rusher in Bryce Huff, and I would say that, Quincy Williams is playing just as good, if not better, than any linebacker in the NFL right now, which I don't know if any of us saw coming. This is a great, great unit on defense right now that was able to weather the storm to injuries to four of their top five cornerbacks and still beat a consensus Super Bowl favorite in the Eagles. That speaks to the player development and the coaching of Robert Sala and Jeff Holbrook. Yeah, the coaching has been fantastic. We'll talk about the coaching in a second. This defense, I mean, we talked to Quentin Williams last week and he was like, yeah, I didn't see this coming with my brother. I just wanted to win, and it's incredible what he's been able to do. And the number one thing this defense is doing, like you said, is forcing turnovers and getting pressure on the quarterback. If you can do those things, especially getting pressure with three and four the way they're doing it, they're not having to bring the blitz so much. Uh, that's incredible because that changes games. That puts so many more guys. That helps your secondary when you have a banged-up secondary like they had on Sunday against the Eagles. All of a sudden, you don't need to have four guys or five guys going at the quarterback you could let seven eight guys sit back in the secondary it definitely helps the secondary you mentioned personnel on the offense so let's go there for a second one of those personnel people that wasn't getting playing time was Nicole Hardman so they made a trade I guess now we have to grade the GM because he's made a move right so what would you give Joe Douglas are you upset about that move obviously two of the big free or three of the big free agent signings you think about Dalvin Cook you think about Carl Lawson and now Nicole Hardman were three big free agent signings not really paying off. Yeah, look, I think Douglas's resume, like 95% of the GMs in the NFL, is uneven. There's some hits. There's some misses. Th these have been some misses. You know, the Hardman money, it's not like 
crippling financially, it's still not great that they signed him. They couldn't figure it out with him and he's traded this quick. Like there's no objective way to be like, yeah, great job. And it's like, we're all optimistic about Gibson, but he's got one catch so far this year. So he does have to like, still like prove it. And yeah, cook, they probably overpaid for the loss in contract just hasn't worked. And I, I like the signing at the time, so I don't want to be hypocritical, but Ultimately, they made they they paid the wrong pass rusher that offseason. They should have played paid trade Hendricks Trey Hendrickson or Matthew Judon, who both of whom have been like much much better than Lawson over the past few years. So, you know that that offseason between Lawson and Corey Davis, like those moves didn't work. Uh, there, there's some ugly ones when it comes to free agency for Douglas. I think to give him credit, he's done a good job in finding value in other areas. He John Franklin Myers, Bryce Huff. Xavier Gibson, you know, waiver wire, undrafted free agents. Uh, of course, we know what he did in the draft a couple of years ago and getting the core pieces with Sauce and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. So his resume is is uneven, but there's enough talent on this roster that they can be a playoff team potentially with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, and that's a credit to him. So the the misses sting a little less when you do things like find Bryce Huff and find Quincy Williams and find John Franklin Myers. It makes it hurt a little less than that. No, for sure. And that you mentioned the coaching also. You said you're a little underwhelmed with Hackett. I think Jeff Ulbrich has done an incredible job in Salah keeping this team together. You said they're a playoff team without or with Zach Wilson and what Zach Wilson's been able to do or lack thereof. That's incredible. How much credit do you give the coaching that Forbes plays into the season? It seems like the season's over. When you're down 17, nothing to Kansas City, it feels like, oh my God, now the season's for sure over. And then what's happened since? Yeah, it, this team has a really nice ability to get off the mat, uh, which is impressive and a credit to the coaching staff. They play hard for Robert Sala. He's not perfect with his game management. There's some things that are fair to be critical of, but this team regularly punches above their weight and they punched above their weight in the chiefs game. They punch above their weight in the Eagles game, even winning that bills game after losing Rogers, that is impressive. It's very easy to just go into a shell after something like that happens. And the jets didn't do that. They did a great job of finding a way to hang around and get a win. And it, this is an important year for Salah. He's not, he gets a lot of criticism from the fan base. I get it. You know, the record, it, the record is the record and that fair or unfair to him with the talent at a certain point, you got to win football games. So winning that Eagles game, I think was the best win of his coaching career. And if he can get this team to the playoffs with Zach Wilson at quarterback, that's a hell of a thing to have on your coaching resume. Speaking of Zach Wilson at quarterback, how have you liked the development so far? What do you think he can actually do the rest of the way for this team? I think he's been okay. You know, I think he's kind of over the last three weeks went from being like the 50th best quarterback in the league to like the 25th best quarterback in the league, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. If he could just be like an okay ish game manager, that's good enough with Brees Hall in this defense. In the last few games, he's generally done that. You're kind of always going to get the same output from him. It's like 200 yards passing, 15 yards rushing, one turnover, one touchdown, a couple nice throws, a couple mistakes. Like that's kind of who he is. But if he could play at that level, most weeks that's enough for the Jets to be right in the game and win. So look, is he ever going to be a superstar, second overall pick in the draft? I don't think so. I think he kind of is what he is. But can he be a playable spot starter and backup? And for this year, you know, be Mark Sanchez in 2009, 2010. Yeah, I think he can. And I think he's a good athlete and he can make some things happen. And arm talents never been a question. So you hope that you get the guy you got the last three weeks, the guy that 
helped you beat Green Bay, Miami, and Buffalo the year before, that's probably enough to win nine or so games this year and get you into the playoffs. If they're at about nine or so wins and it's towards the end of the year, there's a guy who looks like he wants to come back. How much are you buying into the Aaron Rodgers stuff? Does he just feel like he really wants attention because the the spotlight hasn't been on him for the first time in his career? What's happening with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I mean, look, it's, it is kind of medically insane to be discussing, but he does seem to be very far ahead and who knows what the hell kind of treatment he got and where he got it. So you never know. I do. I think the safest bet is that he does not play football until training camp next year. And if he's healthy for training camp next year, in some ways, like that's a win based on the initial injury. I think there will be a discussion about him potentially coming back all the way up through the end of this season, especially if the jets are going to make the playoffs. If you look at the cam makers recovery and modern science, I can't say it's a 0% chance. He comes back at some point very late in the regular season or the playoffs it's still a low percent chance. So, and yes, I, I think it's great. He's around the team. I think it helps. I do think a lot of this is like, he loves this being a thing everyone's talking about. So I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, my guess is in late December, we get a leak that if the jets make the playoffs and win a game, there's a chance that he could come back and it's just kind of leaked out there, but I don't know if it's ever actually going to happen. Well, think about it. To get to that point, he would have to be involved in practices. So we're going to start to see him wearing the red jersey and all these things. So like, it's not going away, like you said. If it gets to that point where it's even a possibility that he'll play, it would be that crazy. But he's taken over. He's taken over the Travis Kelsey Tra- Taylor Swift headline for this week. So I mean, it's been it's been pretty wild what he's been able to do. That's what he likes. Uh, but just picture it going into New England. You need a win the last week of the year, and he comes out of the tunnel like that would be crazy, right? It would be one of the best stories in sports in recent years. I mean, of course, you got to flex that game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's a fun thing that we, the fact that we're even talking about it like reasonably is kind of insane. And yes, I think every Jet fan agrees and knows this season's going to end with them eight and eight needing to win in New England to make the playoffs. While New England is probably trying to tank for a quarterback, it's going to be fascinating. And I just feel like all roads end there. And if Rodgers is another element of that, I mean, can't write a better script than that. Of course, yeah, we have so many weeks to prepare for this, but uh, Belichick may be trying to screw it to the Patriots one last time on his way out. Like, no, I'm going to win a game so you don't get the first overall pick, and I'm going to beat the Jets to do it. That would be uh, just typical. Just a couple quick things. If you had to give me one big disappointment so far from this first six weeks of the season and one pleasant surprise from the first six weeks, what would it be? Uh, I'd say disappointment has been the health and performance of Carl Lawson. It just, he kind of is unplayable at this point. And that's a bummer considering what the jets have paid him. And, uh, fortunately Bryce off and Jermaine Johnson are really good. So it's not hurting them that much. I think pleasant surprise has been Mekhi Becton. He's been their most consistent offensive lineman through six weeks. He started every game. He's played mostly every snap. He's been pretty damn good. And I think if you ask most jet fans in July, they would not have expected that. And he's been sort of a rock for them at left tackle. And that's been huge. And it's helped keep the offensive line afloat. Maybe if he was that left tackle in week one, we wouldn't be talking about Aaron Rodgers right now, but uh, whatever. Anyway, for the rest of the season, rest of the way, we already kind of talked about it. But if you had a prediction for how the rest of the season goes, eight and eight heading into New England, is that what you're going to say? I'm saying the Jets finish nine and eight and make the playoffs as a wild card and narrowly lose in the first round. And everyone is kind of damn impressed and says, oh, like, imagine if they had Rodgers and then he'll be back next year. I think uh, they'll go four and two these next six setting the table to, you know, to close that season uh, at nine and eight and narrowly getting in. And it'll be on the backs of 
one of the best defenses in football and a really good Brees Hall season. You talk about Zach Wilson, just like it's crazy because you said he took a leap from 50 to 25. It may be the biggest leap of anyone on this roster, and yet he's still one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But yes, <laughs> this is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Appreciate you taking some time. Obviously, next time with Bilal, all right? Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. Like I said, uh, Bilal, not here today. So we're going to wrap up just like that. Uh, we will have fan questions for Bilal when, we, when he comes back next week. So until then, just going to be a shorter episode. Appreciate Joe as all for all, always for joining and appreciate you guys always for listening. Until next time, please like, subscribe, share it with a friend, rate and review it, all those good stuff that help the podcast grow. If you have more questions, please email them to flightsnack24 at gmail.com. That's flightsnack24 at gmail.com. Uh, and that way you can get involved in the show as well. And you can ask your questions or you could just tweet at me. Uh, at Rami underscore Lavi on Twitter, or you could tweet at Bilal Powell on Twitter. Um, and that is another way for you to join the show or DM, Instagram, Twitter. It's all open. So until next time, please, like I said, like, subscribe, share. I appreciate you guys. Rex. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or planned to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.